Here's another inspiring message from Northside Community Church, Sydney. The question that we have been asking in this series, Ready to Go, of which today is the last week, is are you ready uh, for what is next? Are you ready to go? What is in uh, your bag as you get ready for the year ahead and all the different what's nexts that lie ahead of you? Are you ready to go? Are you ready for what lies next? Uh, And there are all kinds of what's next for us in this room. It might be university, uh, it might be an engagement, it might be a wedding, it might be a baby or another baby, uh, it might be retirement, it might be a new job, it might be an empty nest. Um, all of these come with a certain degree of uncertainty and also the need to prepare. And so the question that we've been asking is um, not only what's next, but are you ready to go? Because you see, we might know what's next, but there's no correlation between knowing what's next and being prepared for what's next. So are you ready to go? What can I do now to make sure that I am ready uh, when, my not, when my what's next arrives? Uh, and the verse that we're looking at today comes from the Bible's wisdom book, the book of Proverbs. And the book of Proverbs is written in such a way that um, it's designed to give you practical knowledge to enhance your ability to conduct your life in the best possible way and to the greatest effect. It's a book of wisdom. And what this proverb in particular captures has immense power to prepare you for your what's next, no matter what it is, and whether you know what it is yet. It has the power to prepare you in such a way that you can flourish in the year ahead and not be derailed by the things that lie ahead of you. In fact, this, this proverb is so powerful for us that you can prepare in all kinds of ways for your what's next, but if you miss this, uh, it can all go to waste. The proverb is this, the prudent see danger and take refuge, but the simple keep going and pay the penalty. Thank you, Lois, for the reading earlier. Now, it might sound obscure at first, uh, this proverb, but you've seen this. You've seen this play out in your lives. Have you ever noticed that really smart people have the ability to make really dumb decisions? Yes, okay, that was nervous laughter. (laughs) Yes, we've seen that. We've seen it in the relationships that people choose. We've seen it in people's choices about home ownership and what kind of mortgage to take out. We've seen it in the way that people conduct themselves in their career progression. We've seen it in the way that people approach their studies and the kinds of business ventures that people enter into and business partnerships that people enter into. We've seen some really smart people make some really dumb decisions. Why? How does that work? You know how baffling it can be on the outside, right? When there's that friend in your life or that family member who is going down a pathway and you can see exactly where it's leading, but they, they can't see it. They won't respond. You feel like saying to people when the inevitable hits them, how did you not see that coming <laughs> in that relationship, with that mortgage, with that hire? With that investment, with that career move, with that engagement, with that marriage, didn't you see any of those red flags? How did you walk so blindly into that? You're a smart person. Well, I thought it will work out. If it's fine now, then it'll be fine in the future. So I went ahead anyway. They didn't want to see. Or they couldn't see it until it was too late. And you feel like saying, what made you so blind? Why couldn't you see? 
Why couldn't you see the danger coming ahead? Why couldn't you see its potential to hurt you and derail you and your life? Now, the question that we have to ask ourselves this morning is this. Why is it that some people can see danger coming in their future? Because you've seen that too, right? People in their lives who are able to identify red flags and avoid them. Why is it some people can see danger future, danger in the coming in the future and others can't see beyond the immediate moment, clinging to the assumption that it will work out in the future if it's okay now? What's the difference? In other words, what makes the wise wise and the simple simple? Or put another way, what stops the simple from becoming wise? What holds them back? What blinds them? We want to live wisely, right? I know us as a community. We want to live wisely. We want to live big and effective lives of influence, of generosity, of goodness, of justice. And so what can we learn from this proverb about the way to live in such a way that, when we see da- that we can see danger coming and avoid it and its effects on our lives? What can we learn? What we're going to do as we, as we figure that out is drill down into each one of these two types of people, the wise and the simple, so that we've got the comparison. And then we'll bring it together in the end to see how we can avoid being simple being smart people who make dumb decisions and instead be wise and live effective lives. So the prudent or the wise. The prudent, which some translations call the wise, see danger or in some translations foresee danger and takes refuge or literally hides him or herself. There's something about these people who have the ability to spot danger when it's coming and not only know what to do to avoid it, but have the courage to do so. That's important, the courage to do so. It's, this, it's seeing the business partnership that's going to be really lucrative in the short term, but recognising that there's something dodgy about the partner. It's the opportunity to buy a dream house, but knowing that the mortgage repayments are going to be unsustainable. It's having a relationship with someone who ticks all your boxes, but recognising that they don't treat you well. And having the courage to course correct. Now, one key skill that the wise have here is the ability to avoid confirmation bias. You know what confirmation bias is, right? Uh, it's when we want something, we hear what we're listening for, and we see what, um, what we're looking for. It's where, like when you're shopping for a Mazda 3, what do you see in every car on the road? You see Mazda 3s everywhere. Uh, we see what we're looking for, and we hear uh, what we are listening for. We're wide open to information that confirms what we're already wanting to do. And we filter out information that doesn't line up with what we're wanting to do. And it's not just about buying a car. uh, This affects all different areas of our lives. Deciding if you're going to date somebody. Taking a new job, buying in a particular suburb, entering into a business partnership. When you've set your heart and your mind on something, confirmation bias means that you only see and hear that which you want to see and hear. And you filter out the rest. So you don't see danger coming ahead of you in your what next. The wise person 
has the amazing ability to stay open to what they desperately don't want to see and desperately don't want to hear. They're open to red flags, they know how to avoid them, and they have the courage to do so. They acknowledge and respond to what they desperately don't want to see. Now, that's an amazing ability, right? I admire the people in my life who are like that. But, you know, it's an ability that's available to all of us. We want to live big and effective lives, and so how do we get this ability if we don't already have it? In order to do that, let's look at what characterises the simple, those who can't see and avoid the red flags in their what's next. And we'll see what blinds them so that we know what to look out for in our lives, the things that can potentially blind us from the red flags that lie ahead of us in our what's next for 2018 and have the potential to derail us. So the simple, but the simple keep going or some translations say go blindly on, or the simple proceed regardless, and pay the penalty, or they suffer for it. They keep going even though there's danger up ahead. They buy the house anyway. They sign the contract anyway. They get married anyway. They make the hire anyway. They take the job anyway. They go to the club anyway. They take the drug anyway. You've seen that, right? It'll be fine, they say naively. It's another translation for the word simple is naive. Another one is stupid, but we'll leave that. We'll just go with simple or naive. And you've experienced this, right, in conversations with your friends and family. When you've tried to point out red flags to people, you say, if you keep going with A, you can, you can expect B. There's a, there's a continuation, there's a path that you are setting yourself on. This is not a one-time isolated event in the present that has no bearing on your future. If you keep going with A, you can expect B. If you continue on this path, you can expect danger up ahead. It's so clear to you, right? But they keep doing it anyway because they can't see and they can't hear. They filter it out because it's not what they're wanting to see or hear. And they pay the penalty for walking into danger. Now what this proverb is talking about when it says paying the penalty is not divine punishment from God. This is the natural consequences of bad decisions. There is a point of no return with our decisions, particularly bad decisions like these, after which you cannot escape the consequences of your decisions because you've gone too far. There's a point of no return on the paths that we take in our lives whether it's financially, relationally, academically, in your career. We, we see this with our friend, the M2 and the Lane Cove Tunnel, right? You're driving down the M2, you're getting to Delhi Road, it says, this is the last exit before the Lane Cove Tunnel, i.e. before you have to pay another $3, which feels like $300 for the number of times you take the Lane Cove Tunnel. This is the last point of exit before you're going to have to pay the penalty of the Lane Cove Tunnel. In other words, you have to keep your eyes open early if you want to turn out before you're going to have to pay the penalty. There is a point of no return on the paths that we take in our lives and the decisions that we make with our lives. It's about cause and effect. It's not divine punishment. It's about the natural but avoidable consequences of decisions that can't be reversed. You can't get off a Lane Cove tunnel once you're on it. <laughs> Unfortunately. 
being buried under your mortgage is not the time to start thinking about a budget. 65 is probably not the right time to start thinking uh, about saving for retirement. An affair is not the time to start working on your marriage. Why do smart people make dumb decisions? Why? Why is it so clear to you, but they simply won't change course? They won't take refuge, they won't avoid the danger, they won't turn out early before it's too late. What stops the simple from becoming wise? What blinds them? What makes them make dumb decisions? They simply cannot see. They can't see. What sets the wise apart from the simple is their ability to see danger and take refuge from it. But why can't the simple see danger and take refuge from it? It's because you won't take refuge from something when you've already taken refuge in it. Did you hear that? You won't take refuge from something if you've already taken refuge in it. If having a fancy house in a fancy suburb is what you cling to for a sense of security in your life, you won't pay attention to the red flags in the mortgage repayments that are going to become unsustainable. Are you hearing this? If being at the top of the corporate ladder is what makes you feel secure in your significance, you won't acknowledge the danger in those alliances you're making to get there. If getting married is the one thing in your life that you think will complete you and give you significance and a sense of security, then you won't own that there are red flags to the person or to the relationship, right? You'd rather push on than course correct when it's safe to do so because to you that thing is your safety. You have to have it to feel secure in your life. You won't take refuge from something, no matter the red flags that other people can see, if you have already taken refuge in it. It's like an ostrich with its head in the sand. These false refuges, these things that our hearts attach themselves to because they think that they make us secure in life, don't keep us safe. All they do is blind us to the potential dangers in our what's nexts. You can't see beyond that which you take refuge in. That's why your friends can see it so clearly. Because your business partnership, your career, your house, that relationship... It's not their refuge. 
and so they can see. It's not the thing that they cling to for their security in life. There is only one refuge that won't blind you to danger. There is only one refuge that truly gives you the security that your soul thirsts for. There is only one refuge that enables you to see, helps you live wisely, and gives you the courage to course correct early. It's a relationship with Jesus Christ. Do you follow? Listen to these poets from thousands of years ago describe the safety, security and freedom that comes when you make God through a relationship with Jesus Christ, your refuge. And he's referred to in some of these as Yahweh, one of the names for God. Protect me, O God, for in you I take refuge. This God, his way is perfect. The promise of Yahweh proves true. He is a shield for all who take refuge in him. For who is God except Yahweh? And who is a rock besides our God? The God who girded me with strength and made my way safe. Some take pride in chariots and some in horses. Some in their fancy house, in their career. Insert uh, refuge, false refuge here. But our pride is in the name of Yahweh our God. They will collapse and fall, but we shall rise and stand upright. Yahweh is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Yahweh is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Nothing but this God who we find refuge in through a relationship with Jesus Christ, can give you the security that your soul thirsts for, that your soul looks for in all these other false refuges. But nothing can give you the true security that your soul thirsts for, except for a relationship with Jesus Christ. Anything else might feel at the time like it offers that. It promises to offer that. But in the end, haven't you seen that all it does is blind you to the danger of what's next? The danger that could be in your what's next and keeps you in the danger's path. Going okay? 
Okay, let's bring this home. <laughs> would, you, would you think this morning, whether you're a Christian or not, what are you taking refuge in apart from Jesus Christ? To figure that out, would you ask yourself these questions? Take a photo if you want, write them down, have a think about it later as well. But what is it, to figure out what your refuge might be, what is it that gives you your sense of security and significance in life? What causes you the most stress and anxiety when it's threatened? In what area of your life are you ignoring red flags or the advice of wise people? When you think about your what next for this year, are there any red flags? Are there concerns? Do you have that icky feeling about something? Is there something about the culture at that potential new workplace? Something that gnaws at you? Is there a red flag someone has raised with you that you just can't seem to shake? Pay attention to that. It's an indicator as to something you may have made your refuge that's not actually a safe place to be. Is there something with your kids, with a roommate, an admin assistant, the culture of the office, with your finances, your mortgage, a relationship in your life? Are there red flags somewhere that you're noticing in your life or trying not to notice? <laughs> Is there something you're trying so hard not to see or hear? Would you be honest with yourself for your own sake? Talk to someone about it as soon as you can after this service. These are real and significant things in our lives that have the potential to derail you. Now is the time to do something, to break up, to quit, to change your number, to cut up your cards, to find a counsellor. It'll be costly. It might be embarrassing. You'll probably be misunderstood. But better to count the cost of avoiding the red flags now than the greater cost of staying in their path. Even more than that, now is the time to change your hiding place, to change your, your source of security, to change your refuge. You won't take refuge from something if you've already taken refuge in it. If you want the ability to see danger coming, the wisdom to know what to do and the courage to do it. Make God your refuge. Find your security and significance in him. You do that by trusting Jesus Christ to save you. As a cave operates as a refuge to save someone from a storm. 
He operates as your refuge to save you from yourself and from a life of insecurity and from the potential danger of these red flags that lie ahead of you. Trust in him. Make him your refuge this morning. Well, thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to find out more about Northside, visit northsidechurch.org.au.